The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What is going on, everybody? And welcome to a brand new, to call it a show would be a little bit too far. We're calling it Barely a Podcast, as us, the Windy City Gridiron crew, are going to go over news and happenings of whatever's recent with the Bears whenever it happens. In this case, I've got Jeff Burkus here with me, and we're going to go through what... I want to say what happened, but it's what didn't happen at the NFL trade deadline as the deadline passed and the Bears are still exactly who they were only 72 hours ago. Jeff, what are your thoughts? Were you looking for the Bears to make a move or how are you feeling? Well, one, I'm so honored to be on the premiere episode of Barely a Podcast. Let's give ourselves a round of applause. Very exciting. Very exciting. I didn't expect anything to happen. I took a nap. It was no way anything was going to happen at the deadline because the Bears aren't aggressive enough to try to sell pieces into the future because Ryan Pace is still looking to try to win games and and preserve his job. He doesn't seem to have uh, a guaranteed rope. And it would have been foolish of them to try and go out and acquire any pieces. And so why would they be active at the trade deadline? It didn't make any sense to me. I didn't see any reason for it. Yep. I mean, look, I I remember we talked pre-show about how I was going to lean into my desire to see the Bears sell pieces off. But let's be real. You and I both knew that was just never going to happen. I mean, Ryan Pace, who has traded up more often than he's traded down, and in fact, he's traded up every single year, was not going to suddenly enter fire sale mode and offer Khalil Mack, Allen Robinson, who's in his last year, or any relevant piece, even though somebody like either Andy Dalton to maybe the Saints, so and so forth, or Robert Quinn, who looks outstandingly productive and the whole league always needs pass rushers, could have been potential sale candidates. Because I don't know what you're thinking, Jeff, but I feel like a lot of the names that popped up, or at least what we saw on Twitter, David Montgomery or Khalil Mack, it felt like Bears Twitter was picking all the wrong names with Quinn and Robinson and... I feel like we had somebody earlier, but I can't remember who it was. There were names that could have been moved from or from the Bears if they wanted to, but instead they stuck with exactly the same team of, let's say, some strengths and some weaknesses. I mean, they could have made a move, for instance, potentially trying to reach out and acquire a center. I don't have one off the top of my head that they would have found. It's not like teams are out there trying to give centers away, but them ending up doing nothing seems to me... I mean, it's it's second best 
right? Maybe selling off would have accelerated things, but that was unrealistic. It's better that at least they didn't trade away a future second, a future third for a piece that doesn't move the needle, right? Absolutely. Sometimes zero is better than a negative, right? So it's okay that nothing happened. And, And one of the other things that we need to kind of consider is the Bears do not have a lot of cap room in this operating season right now. And so some of these moves that they would make would need to have an accompanying move to free up room, right? Because some of this salary cap that they would have to eat, that's what a lot of these teams are doing when they're trying to, they're basically buying picks. They're saying, I will convert a lot of this salary. I will eat this salary and I will trade you this player where you're actually not paying much for him. What you're paying for is picks for me to have into the future. And the Bears are not in that situation. They have a terrible cap situation. And so they couldn't be that kind of seller at the deadline, which is generally the ones that are that are most active and most productive in, in trading towards the deadline are the ones that can eat the cap. So they weren't really in that position either. They don't have a lot of extra picks to trade out to get players back in. Like they're just in a in the middle. They're stuck in the middle, and that's what they are as a franchise overall. So it shouldn't be surprising that they weren't active at the deadline. Not to mention, to your point, I mean, look, say what you will about the guy because he seems like he's at the very minimal, like a nice human being that we met when we were at training camp. But George McCaskey doesn't see this team at the bottom like a lot of future-leaning people do. He sees a team that's 3-5. and five. I mean, don't get me wrong. I think the 49ers' loss was a big, big blow. But this is the same guy that looked an 8-8 eight and eight season in 2019 in the eye, that sco- or 2020, that squeezed into the playoffs after a six-game losing streak and said, no, we're going to keep these guys on. Things are going to get better from here with a daunting schedule the next year. I mean... I don't think George McCaskey is so clued in as to say, oh, gosh, we're going to be lucky to win six games or something like that. So I don't think he pushed Ryan and Matt to sell off pieces by any stretch of the imagination. And if the team doesn't perform from here, I would tend to think that at least one of them, their seat's going to get very warm. So nothing at the deadline makes more sense than selling, at least to them. It was probably always going to be the likely outcome, and frankly, if anything, I'm a little interested to see if they did reach out and try to see what was out there on the trade market, but you know, this time of season, they would actually have to have a first-round pick next year, for instance, if they were going to look to have ammunition to make a trade, so maybe there was just nothing there. Well, and the other thing to consider is, from a football standpoint, making a mid-season acquisition, that really is maybe a a real veteran player has uh, a productive pass in the system that you're bringing them into so you know that they can step in right away maybe it's a maybe it's a player that um you know you just feel really good about bringing him in for a short-term lease and maybe that guy's going to go off and and uh sign somewhere else uh, so that you get a comp pick. If that's still part of the formula, that, that, might, that might not be the case. Or somebody that you're going to acquire and extend, right? I mean, the Rams are already talking about how they want Von Miller around for more than just the rest of this year. So you're building into the future as well. So there's a lot of moving pieces in something like that. So can a player that you can acquire be productive right away because that's what you're getting? Some, I think that is more of like positional. I think there's yep. a couple of positions where you can acquire, you know, a running back. You can bring in a running back. And plug them in and, you know, generally running backs can, can pick that stuff up pretty quick. 
you want an offensive lineman to come in midseason and mesh with the other four pieces of your offensive line and expect there to be no issue. That's a tough ask. No, right. Kidding. So, so there's, it's definitely positional in my opinion and you know what the bears are looking for. What do they need? Well, they need a corner. Yeah, sure. Everybody needs a corner, right? You know, well, they need offensive line. Well, sure. Everybody needs offensive everybody line needs and that's tough line. to incorporate during the year. So their needs don't really align with it either. So it wasn't surprising that they didn't buy for sure. And I'm very happy they didn't. It wasn't surprising they didn't sell because I'm not sure that they thought that that's where they were at in the cycle. I mean, to your point, just to build off of it, because I'm looking at the list of relevant players that got traded at the deadline and striking out Stefan Gilmore and Zach Ertz and CJ Henderson, because those were not deadline deals per se. Like, let's look at the deals in the last week. It's just running back and pass rushers. Like, we've got Melvin, or we've got Melvin, Melvin Ingram, Vaughn Miller, Charles Omenihu that all got traded here in the last couple days, and Mark Ingram on the move, which, right. hey, Pass rusher, you put your hand in the dirt, you go get that guy. Running back, here's the ball, go. They're positions that, like you're saying, aren't, let's say, the most scheme-dependent. Like, sure, I'm not trying to pretend that running backs are all, like, every run play is the same. That power is the same as outside zone is the same as everything here and there. But you get the idea that there, there are positions that you can just take a guy in, say, I don't know, learn the defense for three weeks, but really we're just going to put you in on third down and need you to go get the guy. You know what I mean? Well, let's illustrate the point with Allen Robinson, right? Allen Robinson has not looked as good as I certainly thought he was going to look this year. And a lot of the reports coming out with Justin Fields is that he doesn't have a good rapport. They're not on the same page. The timing's not right. Allen Robinson's an excellent wide receiver. He didn't just stop becoming an excellent wide receiver. But it takes time for wide receivers and quarterbacks to get on the same page. So if you trade a wide receiver in the middle of the season, it's going to take time for them to mesh with that quarterback. So, and Allen Robinson has not been productive. Everybody wanted to trade Allen Robinson. He doesn't have the numbers. And so somebody has to, to, to buy his past production. And that's sometimes a hard ask. Not to mention, I mean, I've, I've just been thinking about this during the seven minutes we've thrown this podcast together, but any relevant deal that the Bears could have made to sell would have almost instantaneously signaled rebuild. And you have to envision that that would have just been swiping the scythe by, by the Grim Reaper. You can't trade Akeem Hicks in the middle of the season. You can't trade Allen Robinson. You can't trade Khalil Mack, Robert Quinn. Like, a lot of the guys that might have been available, and frankly, you might have found a trade partner for, are also such core members of either the salary cap the locker room, or the current Bears production. Like, you can't trade the only healthy pass rusher that isn't Travis Gibson. You can't trade, debatably still, the heart and soul of the defense, and you can't trade the wide receiver that has been your A1 wide receiver for the last three years without some kind of locker room repercussion. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And we talked about this a little bit too. Allen Robinson walks next year, signs a deal that figures into the comp formula. Now the bears need to keep their hands out of free agency for that to turn into a pick, but it will still go into the comp formula and maybe they'll get something out of it offset. Maybe a deal that they, that they sign and maybe get smaller comp deals down the line. But all of those things go into consideration and you have to have a, a GM that's confident in where he's at with the team. You have to have a GM that has the ownership's backing and those are the guys that are most active. And you saw George Patton first year, 
He's got a long timeline in Denver. He made a big deal to trade a franchise great away. Les Snead, LA, they're all in. Like he's got he's got the the runway. He's he's able to do that. Howie Roseman has the trust in in Philadelphia. Like there there are certain GMs that you know can be active because they have more than just this year and they have the backing of their ownership and they know what they're doing. No That's kidding. not what's happening in Chicago. <laughs> no. I mean, to your point, when you look at the buyers, the buyers make sense. You've got the 49ers, the Chiefs, the Rams, uh, even the Saints to some degree who are looking to stabilize things. But the sellers have to be really confident in where they are. Because when you sell at the deadline, you're joining a small pool of teams that sent, that said, not we're better off without this player, but we don't need them right now. I, we've said this a bunch of times. I don't think that's what Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy are. So we'll close up with this final question, lest we become a full podcast, which has declared before. <laughs> this is barely a podcast. This is barely a podcast. Does this change your perception on where the Bears are? No, not at all. Yeah, it doesn't really move the needle for me either. I mean, if anything, it makes me infinitely more curious as to what happens next. I mean, that's always the question with Chicago, right? Where if Ryan Pace, I remember he did this one of the years after the Khalil Mack trade, where Bears fans just waited all of Friday night, waiting for Ryan Pace to trade up. Not hoping he would, hoping he wouldn't, because the Bears didn't have a first-round pick, and we didn't want to give up the picks that ended up being Cole Komet and Jalen Johnson, but it just made so much sense to go up with both of those. So if you're Ryan Pace anyways, at this point, I'm really curious to see what happens in the front office because you've mentioned the Allen Robinson comp pick or comp pick. I mean, we're going to, we're going to free agent to center almost assuredly, if not draft one and sign a free agent, assuming Ryan Pace is still the GM, but I don't know what's going to happen here. I don't know if I've ever had a moment with the, with the Chicago bears where I've been more, curious about what might happen because they really could go in any direction unsurprisingly i really believe i'm putting the marker out there i've said it a few times on a few different places i really believe that they are going to move pace into a different role to focus on the arlington heights stadium because i think that's a real thing i think they're going to do that and i think they want him a part of that and so i think they're going to move him over into that role and i think they're going to hire a new gm and they're going to fire Matt Nagy, and they're, they're going to let the new GM pick the new coach. That's what I think is going to happen. Now, that's part of what I want to happen, and so I'm projecting it. But I also think that that's pretty much best-case scenario, so why not put that marker out there now? You're just trying to figure out a way to mental gymnastics into Pace isn't the GM anymore, but I know how much the Bears love him, aren't you? 100%. Absolutely. And you know what? It still works. So I'm going to stick with it until I'm proven otherwise. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Either way, Bears are exactly who we thought they were a couple days ago today. So nice. just like everybody else, here we are waiting for the big stage Monday Night Football. This has been Barely a Podcast. I'm Robert Schmitz here with Jeff Burkus. Jeff, do you want to plug anything? Do you have anything coming up or just released? Ten Thoughts on the NFL came out today. Had some fun stuff in there. Go read it. Heck yeah. And you can find me tomorrow night as we'll go through what I think was a shockingly good game by Justin Fields. I mean, I will use the term shocking because I felt like he really ramped it up. And not to mention, did you see, Jeff, that he had 0.6 EPA per play? Like, that's an absolutely ridiculous 
ridiculous statistic. But as for another day, this has been Barely a Podcast. Thanks so much for hanging out with us. Bear down. Hey, this is Scott Galloway, author, professor, entrepreneur, and most importantly, host of the Prop G Podcast. We got a special series running on right now called The Future of Work, where I answer all your questions on, surprise, The Future of Work. Questions including, what are we missing when we work remotely? Or how do we handle work-life balance when a major opportunity comes knocking? From the provocative to the technical, we're offering insights you won't want to miss. So tune in to the future of work, a Pod special sponsored by Canva. You can find it on the Pod wherever you get your podcasts.